and welcome. You are listening to the Healing After Birth podcast. This is Jennifer Sommerfeld from JS Coaching, author and creator of the Healing After Birth program. This podcast is for you if you can relate to any of the following statements. Are you a mother who is struggling in the postpartum? Did you have a difficult, challenging, or traumatic childbirth experience? Do you want to learn more about postpartum mental health? Do you want to cultivate healthy, thriving relationships? And do you want to take charge of your healing journey? This podcast includes both interviews by professionals in the field of maternal health, as well as vulnerable stories shared by everyday mothers like you. Let's begin. Hello, Mama, and welcome back to the Healing After Birth podcast. This is Jennifer Sommerfeld, your host, author, and creator of the Healing After Birth program. On today's episode, I have with me Rochelle Garcia Saliga. She has been working in the field of traditional midwifery care for the past 17 years. Her work as a midwife embraces the original meaning of this word, which is caretaker of women's health from womb to tomb. Innate is that which is natural and inherent. Traditions are those teachings that are passed down from one generation to the next. Our innate physiological design offers us a map to health and wellness. Rochelle runs a holistic well women care practice in Taos, New Mexico, which tends to the health of the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies. She is the creator of innate postpartum care certification training and innate advanced postpartum training for birth workers, healthcare providers, and traditional healers worldwide. Innate system of care draws upon the modern sciences of epigenetics, psychoneuroimmunology, pre- and perinatal psychology, the primal continuum, womanist physiology, and anatomy to teach that which the world's postpartum traditions have always known. Postpartum care is a necessity and not a luxury for women's lifelong health and well-being. Because women are the heart, the foundation of the people, Thriving women means thriving families, communities, and world. You can learn more about Rochelle at www.innatetraditions.com. So welcome, Rochelle, to the program. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today because I know that we have a lot in common and we also have similar or the same teacher. So it's going to be wonderful to hear what, what, where we go, what rabbit hole we go down. But yeah, to, yeah. But to begin, um, I thought it would be a good place for us to start um, with your statement about postpartum care is a necessity and not a luxury. I was wondering if you could tell us more about this point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like where we're currently at as a collective <clears throat> is really in this place of deficit and deficit because we have forgotten what is required to sustain life. Um, so I would say the collective overall outlook right now about postpartum care is postpartum care is something that's luxurious. It's something that only people who have resources can afford. 
um, it's not still at the forefront of our understanding that it is such a necessity for lifelong health. And so to understand um, how it's a necessity to me, we have to understand our physiology and we have to understand our, our psychology and we have to understand these things from a holistic perspective. And when we do, when we understand um, our physiology and our psychology, then we just have this template that shows us really clearly that in order for us to be healthy in the postpartum time, we need care. And in order for us to be healthy in the long term, we need that same postpartum care. Hmm. So that's the place that I work from really in all that I teach in my training programs is this um, foundational piece of if we're going to be offering, um, if we're in the position of healthcare provider, hmm. whether that's in birth work or anywhere in the healthcare professions, whether it's mental health or physical therapy or anywhere, we have to understand these baseline pieces of our physiologic design to understand the implications of what's required to preserve and maintain health. Hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I align with you because when we understand our physiology, it is an empowering conversation to have and it allows us, like you said, to have this template in which we can connect to that gives rise to what I, you know, mental and emotional well-being as mm -hmm. well as physical well-being. So can you talk to us about this physiological template and where you see the missing links. In other words, why is this not obvious for so many of us? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, why I feel like the foundational piece of why it's not obvious is because there has been, you know, a 500 year history of colonization, like throughout the world. And then prior to this 500 year period of colonization, there was a period of, you know, 2000 years approximately throughout um, Europe of kind of the same things that happened um, through colonization, but on indigenous European lands. And what these movements have done is um, facilitated this forgetting. It, it eliminated or tried to eliminate the traditional care providers, the traditional healers, the midwives through um, attacks by the church, by the state, um, and in that process, in the attempt to eliminate the traditional care providers, that which just has been part of our, our respective cultural fabric since you know, the beginning of time has been kind of weaned out of our collective remembrance. And so what we're really doing, as I see it right now, is a repair job. Hmm. We're repairing the past several thousand years of our collective human history that has been highly destructive against traditional ways of life, which have included midwifery care and midwives um, as being the original caretakers of women's health from womb to tomb. Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing right now is we're repairing this, this past several thousand years of history and putting things right again. And so that's where I see why. Why are we in this place of deficit? Why have we forgotten this? Why do we even have to have these conversations now? Like, why is it that I even have to teach about postpartum care? And it's because we are 
in a place of repair as a collective in terms of humanity. Mm-hmm. So that is probably like the deepest way I could answer that question. Yeah. And I would sum that up by saying that those systems of colonization have disconnected us from our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and so this repair is, is the remembering literally the, the weaving, the sewing back together this well of knowledge that lives in all of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you, let's, let's explore the idea of the postpartum being a magical time. Um, I use the word magic and, and you don't have to agree with this. <laughs> Maybe I'm asking the question, do you agree with this? <laughs> um, you know, magical in the sense that, you know, we have just gone through this, huge life transformative experience how however that unfolded for each and every one of us mothers and you know our cells have literally been obliterated they've been blown wide open and here we are bringing ourselves collecting ourselves as we piece it back together again to what i believe to be weave together this this identity of mother whatever that means for us it's like through this postpartum period that we um, are collecting um, ourselves back together and and so I, I look at this as a magical time in the sense of you know the veil between this um, everyday left brain reality and that um, very expansive spiritual reality or right hemisphere reality is thin um, I'm wondering what you have to say about that and what your experience is of that mm-hmm. I mean I guess the way that I look at that is I feel like there's so much potential for so many aspects of life to be magical, Mm. but the same experience that could be magical with the proper support Mm -hmm. without the proper support is like hell. Mm. And And so, you know, that's like anything, right? It's like, Um, We have a big experience in life and it could completely devastate us and it could be hell on earth when we're in it by ourselves, right? Because it just feels treacherous and arduous and like, why is this happening to me? Like, what is this that's going on? And we take that same experience and we can put that in the context of a really well-held community, of a really well-held ceremonial space. And that treacherous experience is exalted and that community can reflect back to you um, the beauty in what you're going through and you don't feel alone. And so then that treacherous experience becomes magical. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the same thing with the postpartum time. I feel like for the majority of women in the modern world it's like treacherous and arduous and like hell on earth really mm-hmm. you know because what's missing is the container of community because what's missing for the majority of people in the modern world is community and so these experiences that um have the potential to be magical and have the potential to um exalt us right as in this this woman just gave birth to human life like look what you have done like look at all that you have passed through look at what you have created but instead of having that 
um, community to see her and acknowledge her and recognize her and hold her mm -hmm. as she goes through the difficulties and the changes that are inherent in the postpartum time. She's doing all of that by herself. Mm -hmm. And then it's hellacious and it's horrible, you know? So I feel like the potential is absolutely there for it to be like that, just like it is for birth, right? Mm -hmm. Like birth totally has this potential to be magical and to be empowering and to be this um, life-changing for the better kind of experience. But for the majority of the women in the modern world, that is not how it's being experienced, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the container of it. So yeah, that's how I would answer that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you're practicing as a traditional birth attendant and obviously supporting moms in these postpartum experiences. And what are you seeing mm -hmm. right now? Yeah. So I'm actually doing very little like hands-on one-on-one care right now because 99.99% .99 of my energy outside of mothering and homeschooling and homesteading goes to all of my teaching. And, but the teaching came from my one-on-one -on -one practice, right? Which was working with postpartum mothers and working in a community that was a huge midwifery community and seeing what was going on there and hearing the stories over and over and over again. And so I mean, the common thread is loneliness. The common thread is feeling horrible in the postpartum time. The common thread is feeling completely depleted. Mm. The common thread is all different kinds of pelvic floor problems going on. Mm -hmm. The common thread is just not feeling well after having a baby. And that was a big impetus for me to create what I did because I was like, um, you know, me working one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. with for the rest of my life like this is not gonna cut it and then it was me reaching out to the midwives in the community because I stopped going to births when my daughter was a baby because it was just so insane for me to be on call it was like frying my nervous system mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I was but I you know I started to do this hands-on hands-in work that I was doing and and I loved it and it was so potent and the results were so um, tremendous. And when I say results, I just mm -hmm. mean like the healing that was happening. And so I started to reach out to the midwives. I lived in a small community in Oregon and there was like 25 midwives, you know, in this very small area. And I was like, I'm doing postpartum care. Like no one is doing postpartum care. No one here is talking about postpartum care, but I'm doing it. And so maybe we can all get up together and like, I can support the women that you're working with in this transition. And and no one got back to me, like literally. Hmm. And I was like, well, maybe they didn't get the email, you know? So then I sent it again. And then one midwife got back to me. He was like, oh, that's a good idea. And, but like, there was no follow through. And it was the same, like, you know, I, I, I had a busy practice when I had my thing going on and, um, and I was well known and like that. And I sent out, you know, message to the community, a postpartum care and it was like zero response. And why was, why do you think that is? Because there's no there's no collective value or understanding of why that's even important. Oh. And I was like, wow, you know, and and that's what I knew. I mean, that's what I gathered and it was it was pissing me off is what it was doing. I was like, mm -hmm. what is going on here, you know? 
but I know how to work with anger constructively, right? And so like creativity is the flip side of anger. And so it's like I let that anger you know, <laughs> fuel through me, you know? And it was like, someone's got to do something about this. And it was like, oh yeah, you have to do something about this because you're the one who's got the charge. Like you're the one who's feeling so pissed off about this. You're the one who has to do something about this. You know, it was like my internal dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's what I did. And so that's how I created this whole training program I did because I realized that like the, there is, there was not a collective understanding or a collective value um, around the importance of postpartum care, around the potential of the postpartum period, I feel like that's totally starting to shift. And I can mm-hmm. see that just like I started my training in 2016. And I've seen a lot of things transpire just in the past, like going on three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's shifting. But and, and it, what have you noticed is shifting? Well, you know, there's like the books that have come out, right? Kimberly Ann Johnson wrote her book, The Fourth Trimester, and Dr. Oscar, whose last name I can't pronounce, wrote The Postnatal Depletion Cure in Australia. And so between those two mediums, between the rise of my class, between, you know, different people from all over the place who are like catching on with this postpartum bit, it's like the collective fire has started to burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there's still massive work to go because part of what I do in my training program is that when people finish everything, I've set it up as this certification training. I created this five class series, Mm -hmm. like a community education series that then the people who have gone through my class, then they bring that out to their community and they teach that. Um, So -hmm. it's like four classes happen prenatally and the fifth class happens in the postpartum time once everyone is through that early postpartum period. Mm -hmm. And they're really, all of my students are having a really hard time. The class is really amazing and they're having a really hard time getting their communities engaged or even understanding well, why, you know, yeah, I'll take a childbirth education class, but what am I going to take a postpartum care class for? Mm -hmm. So it's still really like a thing and so we're constantly as like a community brainstorming and this is all over the United States and in parts of Europe and up in Canada and Australia so it's not just a United States thing so we're constantly in this brainstorm so so what do we do right Mm. because Mm. how does that get conveyed to the general public I feel like the practitioners are starting to get it right, right the importance of this but in terms of the general public, it's still very much um, not understanding the importance of this. And why do you think that is? I mean, I know we touched on colonization, mm-hmm. but what is your guess in terms of the blind spots that are happening for moms? I think there's an undervaluing mm-hmm. of ourselves as women and as mothers. Um, I think mm-hmm. that there's very much the entrenched mentality of I can do it all still. I think it's kind of that um, that feminist wave that came on, you know, in the 60s and 70s of, yeah, I can do it all. And it's not 
honoring of the feminine cycles and the feminine process of mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was um you know, my sense is and and I'm just feeling into this as we're talking about it mm-hmm. that there's a perception that it's weak right to um be cared for to right. not move a lot, right? Mm-hmm. To allow ourselves to be nourished, to not be giving, right? So if the feminine is this giver, and yet we need to also receive because of this, you know, the the receptivity aspect of it, Mm -hmm. um, you know, our wells are so dry, at least Mm -hmm. in my, you know, in my own personal experience as well, right? I'm working with this, like, when am I going to (laughs) learn that, um, you know, we need to be nourished, Mm-hmm. to be able to pour out into this world. Right. Totally. And so it's all of that, but that's, we're working with deeply entrenched belief systems that mm-hmm. are um, generational, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it is, it's something as simple as to receive postpartum care that is just loving, nourishing care. Mm-hmm. We're going completely against an entire way of life that's been set up that tells us resting is lazy and then we have to produce and capitalism is based on constant production and and all of these systems that are in place. And it's entirely contrary to our biological design and especially the female biological design that works in cycles. And so if we've just created a human life through our body, Mm -hmm. that's this period of growth. Well, in nature, Mm -hmm. then after we have a period of growth is a period of rest. Mm -hmm. Nature doesn't ever constantly be in mass production, right? And so it's it's the honoring of these innate cycles and the way of life that is set up in the modern world is not honoring of our cycles. It's not honoring of nature. And because we're part of nature, it's not honoring to these female cycles. And those messages are completely ingrained in our belief systems. And so then to, to accept postpartum care, which is, on the surface, such a simple gesture, the, the, the patterns, the belief systems that have to get broken up and rearranged to initiate and to accept that kind of care are going against um, our own family patternings and the collective um, belief systems that have been perpetuated for centuries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like this really simple and really complicated thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am t- following you. I, I speak a lot about our imprint, right? That gives rise to so much. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> that gives rise to our patterns and our beliefs, and we're and you know, of course. So many of us were not even conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm following you there, and and the thing that keeps popping up for me is this idea of exhaustion, right? This is a big mm-hmm. one that moms experience in the postpartum, and I don't know why it it feels louder right now than you know when I was um, in the postpartum what 19 years ago, mm-hmm. and. And maybe it's not louder. Maybe it's just that the internet is louder. (laughs) Um, And so what 
what would you have to say to the mom whose biggest thing is insomnia, exhaustion, and overwhelm? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's always starting with like the basics and the basics, you know, in Ayurvedic medicine, they say not even just in the postpartum period, but like the found the three foundational pieces to our health as humans is sleep and food and sex. And if we want to take care of our health, we have to start with those three pieces. And usually something's off with one of those, right? And so in the postpartum time, sex might not be on our radar, but we can kind of take out sex maybe and just put um, intimacy or connection, right? Mm -hmm. With our partners or with people in our community. And so then we have food and sleep and connection. And sleep is obviously thrown off, right? Because newborn babies are designed by their physiologic design to wake up every couple of hours and nurse because they have to, because their bellies are like the size of a walnut and then get bigger up from there, right? Um, So sleep is, that's real. And then it's not normal though, then for us to be home alone all day with a newborn baby. And so then there comes in this piece of trying to normalize what's not normal. Like what's wrong with me that I feel anxious or I feel depressed Mm -hmm. to be home alone with my newborn baby all day. I'm like, that's a flipping normal response actually. Like that's normal to feel depressed and anxious to be home alone with your newborn baby all day. Right. And if there's people around, there's a lot of things that are happening. It's like the nervous system, the autonomic nervous system is being regulated by those people Mm -hmm. through the social engagement aspect of those people being present. And then also there's just the really practical things that if there's other people around, mom's probably going to feel better to sleep and maybe mom can have a shower by herself and things that are going to help to um, relax her. Right. And then the food piece. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, in my, in my 20s when I was doing midwifery, I'm, I was like, we don't need supplements. And <laughs> I was really some kind of way, but my understanding of things has shifted. And it's like, if we just look at the earth and we look at the fact that like one third of the earth's topsoil has been completely degraded and the topsoil being that which gives our food minerals and life, So even if we're eating, you know, organic, whatever it is, organic vegetables, those organic vegetables that we're eating now are so much less nutrient dense than they were 300 years ago because of what is going on with the earth's topsoil. Okay. So we just look at simple things like that. And then layered onto that, we look at how out of balance the majority of modern people are with their food in terms of eating nutrient-dense whole foods or even knowing what is appropriate to eat during the childbearing years. So most of us are going into pregnancy totally deficient, like Mm -hmm. nutrient deficient. And nutrient deficiencies can be intergenerational as well. So we're coming Mm -hmm. into pregnancy and we're growing a human that requires a massive amount of resources. And the way that we're designed, our physiologic design is that our babies will always get what they need. Mm-hmm. That is the design. So even if we're in places of famine, we're in places of drought, if we're growing our babies inside of our bodies through gestation, or we're growing our babies on the outside of our bodies through lactation, our babies will, are the first in line. 
And that's going to always be a detriment to us if we're not getting in the right intake. So nutritional deficiencies show up in the postpartum period as depression. Like Mm. the first way Mm. that postpartum depression should be tended to is, do you have people around you that you love and that you feel good with on the daily basis? And what are you eating? That's like the two most flippant important things, right? Mm -hmm. And sleep, because sleep causes depression. I mean, they've done studies like this with, with, medical students who are in residency, you know, and Dr. Oscar from Australia says in the first year in the postpartum time, the average sleep deficit is 700 hours for a postpartum mother. So it's like, it is a recipe for disaster if we don't have the right input and support, you know, and food is foundational. Food is medicine. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't even remember what the beginning question was, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was just, it was about exhaustion and, and yeah, sleep. exhaustion. So we've actually come all the way around full circle, which is Perfect. great. It is a recipe for disaster and exhaustion without the right support and the right input into our bodies. And what do we and what do you say to those moms who recognize that they're sleep de- deprived and are feeling anxious about not getting enough sleep. So Mm -hmm. they're kind of stuck in that stress response. Mm -hmm. How do you support them or how does your um, teachings support them? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you know, what I've come to in doing what I'm doing is that it's when we're in the postpartum time, it's like we're in the trenches and in the ideal world and what I'm working to create. And this is why the education series prenatally is like, we need to talk about these things before we actually arrive to the postpartum time so that we are mapping things out for ourselves as in, as in a plan. Mm-hmm. So that when we arrive in the postpartum time, like we have things set up in place because we know that our sleep is going to be interrupted. And because we know we need to eat a lot Um, And because we know all of these things, because we've already talked about them, right? Mm -hmm. And so when it's actually happening and someone is that sleep deprived, I mean, I don't ever think there's just a one way answer. And I think the postpartum period is actually way more complicated to address than pregnancy and birth. And I kind of think that's why it's been avoided until recently in regards Mm -hmm. to like the collective awakening, Mm -hmm. because we can like, you know, modify things during pregnancy and we can kind of adjust our whole lives, right, for birth. I mean, mm-hmm. even if birth is long, it's like four days, you know, mm-hmm. but those are these small blips in time. But when we arrive to the postpartum time, like postpartum's kind of forever, you know, <laughs> and, and what we see in the postpartum time is we're seeing how dysfunctional modern ways of life are, mm-hmm. right? And so I don't feel like there is some easy answer because a lot of it has to do with um, are both parents working full-time jobs and they're out of the house 40 hours a week each, or even if the mom is home um, and she has a partner who's supporting her and gives her this opportunity, like in quotes, to be home with her baby, Mm -hmm. her partner's gone all the time. So she's essentially alone with the baby in the house all the time. That's dysfunctional too. So Mm -hmm. the postpartum time is like revealing Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. how dysfunctional our modern ways of life are and how they're not in support of life. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I feel like it really comes down to a reorganization of our priorities. And this is the opportunity to me for, for maturing, for spiritual maturation as in, okay, we've been doing things like this up until now. And now as a family, like this isn't working, this Mm. isn't working because mom feels like she's going to die. Mm. Okay. So what can get restructured in this family's way of life, you know, and that's going to be different for everyone, but it's things like maybe we need to move in with our parents for the next couple of years to save on expenses. Maybe we can combine households with another family to save on expenses and to share childcare. What are the adaptations we can have to this, which is not working? And to me, that's the real opportunity of the postpartum time. It's an opportunity to create um, family culture Hmm. and it's an opportunity to take stock of what we've created up until this point of time that maybe served us that's no longer serving us. Otherwise, Mm. there's lots of band-aid things going on. Really what we need in the postpartum time in order to thrive through it and not Mm -hmm. just like barely keep our heads above the water without drowning Mm -hmm. is we need community. Mm -hmm. And what most modern people don't have is community. So to me, it's the revitalization of community support that's going to save us. Mm. Mm. Very well said. You know, I was, um, as I was listening to you talk, I was feeling into some of the moms that I work with and, and this theme of, uh, you know, I can't handle this, so there's something wrong with me, I'm a bad mom, right. and I'll often turn it around and exactly what you're saying, highlight how this is an example of um, cultural colonization of mm-hmm. of the dysfunction of the environment in which we are living in and in actuality your your response to this is expected mm-hmm. it's healthy right. exactly <laughs> and where it's not healthy and where it's continuing to it being the dominant cultural worldview is continuing to um have power is Mm -hmm. that it wants you to believe that there's something wrong with you Mm -hmm. right because that's what keeps us trapped and small and um dysfunctional in a dysfunctional environment and Mm -hmm. so that shift in perspective i have seen on occasions really opened something up in these mothers who are Mm -hmm. struggling and it's all of a sudden a sense of like okay this isn't about me this is a larger collective experience. And then we can look for the opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, we can see what's missing and feel that rage that I think sometimes is sacred rage and appropriate. So oh. we can take action um, and start to cultivate an environment that helps us thrive instead of just being victims to an environment that actually wants us to be dysfunctional. Totally. So that brings me to a question, um, and maybe this will be our closing question, but you speak in your, on your website, you speak about midwifing a cultural shift. And what is this cultural shift that you are midwifing? And I guess collectively we're midwifing. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I feel like it's, you know, what we've been speaking to in these last few minutes of time, right? It's the reorganization, the re-prioritizing um, um, our lives to be in harmony with life. And, mm. and that is about honoring our physiology and honoring the cycles of our bodies as humans because we are part of nature and in order to be healthy, we need to have times of activity and we need to have times of rest. Um, it's nature's law. And so I guess to me, it's the cultural shift is going back to nature's law, right? It's getting out of the experts, getting out of the advice. It's the return to personal authority. Hmm. It's return to understanding the inherent sacredness of life. Um, and it's based in, in these natural cycles, these natural orders of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that is, um, very deep insight and you, you noted some really powerful points of view in particular, this idea of being aligned with life. Mm -hmm. in alignment with life itself which i'm hearing you say is this natural wisdom that is inherent in all of us and we've been disconnected from it and that disconnection has severed our connection to our our bodies and our wisdom yeah so, exactly yeah. I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing in this world and that your voice is out there and that you're holding this vision and this possibility um, and breathing life into it. I'm very grateful for that. And I hope mothers all over the world can hear what you have to say and also experience that gratitude, especially when they come home to themselves. Totally. Yeah. And thank you to Jennifer for all of your work. Mm. Oh, this was wonderful. So again, um, I'm speaking with Rochelle and you can learn more about all of her wonderful offerings at innate, uh, innatetraditions.com, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was about to say innate wisdom. <laughs> There's a new title. Totally. Yeah, innatetraditions.com. So thank you again for joining me today. Thank you.